You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. We're continuing on our little book series. I hope you're having fun with this. I hope you're feeling more comfortable in books as you're going through these. So we started off with Titus. And as we went through Titus, uh, this was Paul's letter to Titus, setting up churches in the great church planting manual, the book of Titus, about what church leaders should look like and what they should do. And there was a little something in each one of that for all of us, for us older men, for the younger men, for the older women, for the younger women, and even for the slaves. And so uh, we learned a little bit more about Titus and about uh, his role there. Last week, we talked about uh, Haggai, and we learned about temple and the importance of temple. And then we also talked about where the temple resides now, that God dwells within each one of you, and we take care of our temple. We take the temple out into the kingdom, and people interact with the temple. You know, a bunch of people got to interact with temples this week because they interacted with you. And they got to see what a Christian looks like. They got to see what, how a Christian acts, how a, a Christ follower moves and what they do and how they think. And hopefully we represented them really well this week. And today we're going to tackle the shortest book in the Older Testament. A whole other book you're knocking out today. I mean, really, this is like three books in a row. You only have 63 books left and you would have completely finished the Bible. So this one is a whole page. It's the shortest book in our Older Testament, 440 words. I love it so much. We're going to read it twice today, one without context and one with context and see if it makes sense. (laughs) Um, There's 13 different men named Obadiah in the Bible, including this one, who is one of the minor prophets. Uh, I love this name of Obadiah. Had I known this was uh, what this name meant when I started having kids, I might have named one of my kids this. So Obadiah, something I strive to be, it means the Lord's servant or a worshiper of Yahweh. So any of those of you with child, possibly going to be a male, Obi or Obadiah. And wouldn't there, was there anything else you would want for your kid to be a servant of God? All right, let's take a look at this text. So if you have your Bibles, you can do that. I think we have uh, most of the entire uh, thing in your notes, if I looked at those correctly. This is the vision of Obadiah. This is what the sovereign Lord says about Edom. Interesting. We have heard a message from the Lord. An envoy was sent to the nations to say, let me find out where I'm at, rise, let us go against her for battle. Ready? Okay. Uh, Hey. You should see the guys back in there in, the, in that room. They have to follow some crazy guy over here who doesn't really follow his notes very well. They're all over the place. Like, it is a skill set. It's always fun to, to jump on the slide guy until you are the slide guy. I tried to do slides once. It was a train wreck. So, <clears throat> see, I will make you small among nations. You will be utterly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live on the clefts of rocks and make your home on the heights, You who say to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? Though you soar like an eagle and you make your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. If thieves came to you, if robbers in the night, oh, what a disaster awaits you. Would they not steal only as much as they wanted? If grape pickers came to you, would they not leave a few grapes? But how 
Esau will be ransacked. His hidden treasures pillaged. All your allies will force you to the border. Your friends will deceive you or deceive and overpower you. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it. In that day, declares the Lord, will I not destroy the wise men of Edom, those of understanding in the mountains of Esau? Your warriors, Timon, will be terrified and everyone in Esau's mountains will be cut down in the slaughter. Because of the violence against your brother, Jacob, you will be covered with shame. You will be destroyed forever. On the day you stood aloof while strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were like one of them. You should not gloat over your brother in the day of his misfortune, nor rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor boast so much in the day of their trouble. You should not march through the gates of my people in the day of their disaster, nor gloat over them in their calamity in the day of their disaster, nor seize their wealth in the day of their disaster. You should not wait at the crossroads to cut down their fugitives, nor hand over their survivors in the day of their trouble. The day of the Lord is near for all nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your deeds will return upon your own head. Just as you drink on my holy hill, so all the nations will drink continually. They will drink and drink and be as if they had never been. But on Mount Zion will be the deliverance. It will be holy and Jacob will possess his inheritance. Jacob will be a fire and Joseph a flame. Esau will be stubble and they will, be, they will set him on fire and destroy him. There will be no survivors from Esau. The Lord has spoken. People from the Negev will occupy the mountains of Esau. The people from the foothills will possess the land of the Philistines. They will occupy the fields of Ephraim and uh, Samaria. And uh, Benjamin will possess uh, Gilead. This company of Israelite exiles who are in uh, Canaan will possess the land as far as Zephrath. The exiles from Jerusalem who are in uh, Shepard will possess the towns of Negev. Deliverers will go up on Mount Zion to govern the mountains of Esau and the kingdom will be the Lord's. Makes perfect sense, right? Everybody get it? Let's add some color and context to this. Okay. Um, And we'll go back through this. So first, Obadiah served as a prophet around 845 B.C., and there's this discussion here about Jacob and Esau. Now, Jacob and Esau were like 2005 B.C. or 1855 B.C., so we're talking like there's a thousand-year difference, and they're talking about Jacob and Esau. So you know how we talk about people from a thousand years ago all the time, and we're super connected. And if we know the story of Jacob and Esau from Genesis uh, 22, 25, 25, somewhere there, we know this story of Jacob and Esau, that they were uh, brothers. 
And uh, Esau came out first and Jacob was the hill grabber and he was holding on to his brother's heel and Jacob tricked Esau and got the birthright. And that kind of set these guys on a path. And from those two de- uh, descendants there, you have these Edomites, this Edom, and that's Esau. And they went to, to this path. And then you have Jacob who became Israel and the Israelites and they went down this path. And so this is, uh, this is like... Uh, the longest civil war ever. <laughs> I watched this uh, special on the Hatfields and McCoys. This is that, like, times 10,000 for a long time. And there's some things in here that you're hearing about that God... Now, now who does God say his people are? Israel, right? Israel, that, those are his people. And so as you look at this and you think about this, you're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? What is this correction? And there's, there's connections to Jeremiah. There's, this is so rich. This text is so rich for just one tiny little uh, book, 440 words. It's so rich. And so when you think about this, remember what I talked about last week when I approached the text, what I'm trying to do? This half was the, you know, the Lord, what do you want me to know? Try it again. My fault. Bad leader. So, Lord, what do you want me to know? Okay. See if you guys remember. Yeah. Lord, there we go. What do you want me to know about your word? Right? Reveal to me, God, and what do you want me to actually do with this? Cool. Good information. Thank you. But is God's word changing us? And so. This issue runs all the way, and you go like to Numbers 20, and uh, Edom, uh, uh, Moses is fleeing, and he's like, hey, can we come uh, through your area, Edom? And they're like, no, you can't come through your, through your area. They're like, hey, we'll just stay on the main path. Can we come? We're really, we're being chased. This is not going well. And they're like, no, you cannot. As a matter of fact, we'll send our army down there. And so like, they're trying to flee, and their brother-ish is persecuting them. You see the connection in the text? So this is Numbers, that's Numbers 20. And so uh, then uh, Edom, in other pieces of the text, you're going to find these Edomites, they plundered Israelite cities when they were under duress. Does that make sense to some of the things we just read in there? And so I guess as we go back through this and we think about this, we see this connection, Jacob, Israel, and Edom, Esau, and this, this piece that's keep flowing away, I'm like, God, what do you want me to know about this? This is a short book. What are we going to learn about your word? And so let's go back through this. With a, well, I want to look at a map here so we can tell you where we're going. Let's take a look at a map. So Edom is where Petra, <coughs> current day Petra is. It's these high hills with great cliffs, very defensible, super, super powerful, like you rest in the arms of your might. And that's where Edom is. That's where the Edomites are. You see this. This is in uh, just south of current day uh, Jordan there. And Jerusalem over here uh, where Israel is. And Edom. So you see these two different places. So this is where, uh, this is the people at the very beginning when he talks about Edom. This is who he's referring to. These people in this place. And another picture of current day, like kind of Petra. Uh, places you can go see in these cliffs. <coughs> Excuse me, red, <clears throat> very reddish landscape, which is also interesting as you enjoy the text and understand what Esau was like. And so knowing where we are, I want you to think about some of these questions. 
what happens to those who oppose God? Historically, what has happened? And what could, do you think that the same thing that I said last week, if we don't know our history, we are condemned to repeat it? So what happens to those that oppose God? Are we, in our great, mighty, powerful nation, with our great, awesome armies, which I love our armed services, are we pretty comfortable from our high and mighty spot? Are we relying in our security and our ability to defend ourselves? And how does that work? Are we possibly wandering away from our Christian Judeo ethical system? If we do not know our history, we are condemned to repeat it. Let's go back and read this text again, and we'll maybe jump in and out of this and see if, what God's telling us. See if there's something we can pull out of here for today. God, what do you want me to know? And then what do you want us to do about it? The vision of Obadiah. This is what the sovereign Lord says about Edom. Do we know who Edom is now? The Edomites. This group of people that are from the descendants of Esau. <coughs> we have heard a message from the Lord. An envoy was sent to the nations to say, Rise, let's go against her for battle. See, I will make you small among the nations. You will be utterly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you. Have you ever heard the saying, the pride comes before the... Personally, pride comes before the... Professionally, pride comes before the... Church-wise, pride comes before the... This is a warning about pride and about where we are putting our faith in. Are you putting faith in, your, in the strength of the U.S. dollar? Exciting. My 401k, my retirement, all those things. If, if that's just taken care of, then I'll be okay. No, actually no. If your faith in God and your understanding of who he is and his sovereign will is super strong in your life, you're going to be fine. Do not put your pride in the defense of your country. Sure, we should be great at that. But that's not it. So pride comes before the fall. You who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your home in the heights, you, you who say to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? A lot of big things have fallen. Though you soar like an eagle and make your nest among the stars from there, I will bring you down, declares the Lord. Is there any military that can rise above God? Historically. But we've changed that, right? We've got it figured out. If thieves came to you, if robbers in the night, oh, what a disaster awaits you. Would they not steal only as much as they wanted? If grape pickers came to you, would they not leave you a few grapes? But how Esau will be ransacked his hidden treasures pillaged. Not even just the easy, low-hanging fruit. His very hidden treasures would be pillaged. All your allies will force you to the border. Interesting. I'm not trying to prophesize over this or look at all those things as I've done some more of my research on this. But when you make allies with folks, 
who aren't your people, you sometimes get roped into things that you necessarily might not want to be roped into. And there's a warning in here about who you align yourself with. And I would say that could go beyond just nations, but like, what about in your own life? Who are you aligning yourself with? Who has that influence in your life? Who gets to, to move you down a path or direction? And I'm not just talking about politically. I'm talking about like how you raise your kids. What schools you choose to go to. What you choose to support. All of those things, we are aligning ourselves with different things out there. And I would question for me, am I aligning my, myself with the things that God would have me align with, myself with? Just what I'm observing. In that day, declares the Lord, will I not destroy the wise men of Edom, these smart counselors? Well, we have the experts. We have a lot of experts. They usually wear a suit and tie. They have lots of power. Maybe they have lots of letters after their name. There's these experts, and we'll defer to experts. No, we defer to God's word. We defer, and don't defer to your, your dumb pastor either. You defer to God's word. What is God calling you to do? What is, what is he moving in your heart that aligns with scripture? I didn't mean to call myself dumb. I'm not dumb. I'm a creation, creation of the God most high. Thanks, my, when, my, when your wife says you're not dumb, bam. No. What I mean is, you know, you, you check, check your sources. What's the fruit on the tree? behind what you're aligning yourself with. Does it have good fruit? Does this church have good fruit? When I look at that, I'm, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the fruit. What are we producing as followers of Jesus? So will I not destroy the wise men of Edom, those of understanding in the mountains of Esau, the warriors to men, which is a district or, t- or town on the right side, they will, those, those warriors will be terrified. And every one of Esau's mountains will be cut down in a slaughter. When you put your trust in things outside of the Lord, you are ripe for a fall. Because of the violence against your brother Jacob, you will be covered with shame and you will be destroyed forever. On the day you stood aloof, on the day you watched by, you just stood aloof and watched, watched what was going on. Hey, Two consenting adults, just get out of the way. They can deal with that, you know, freedom, America. Like whatever they want to do, as long as it doesn't affect me. How are we doing? Anything, does that, how is that aligning out? Is that working out good for us? You know, hey, it's, 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 it's your choice. Whatever you want to do. I'm not going to get in your way. I don't want you to get, I I want you, I want as much freedom and my rights to do whatever I want to do. So I won't dare jump into your world if I saw something that was backwards. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. You just stood there aloof while things were happening in your own town, in your own borders, because we don't want to offend somebody with God's word. We don't want to offend somebody with the truth. That we do it in love. While strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gates. Anybody talking bad about Christians? Probably not. I haven't heard any negative things about Christians on the internet, have you? I haven't heard any negative things about God. 
those silly people that want to have certain morality in the world. Crazy Christians. That's me. On the day you stood aloof while strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem like you were one of them. You shouldn't gloat over your brother in the day of his misfortune nor rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction nor boast so much in the day of their trouble. You boasting of other brothers' troubles and problems, taking advantage of it. Somebody's in a bad spot. You can get a really good deal. You have something that's super undervalued and you just hammer it instead of paying what it's worth, measure for measure. You should not wait at the crossroads to cut down their fugitives nor hand over survivors in the day of their trouble. It's almost like there's like, you know, Lord, what must I do? And you can just like, you know, act justly. You know, love, mercy. The day of the Lord is near. One of our teachers, and if you guys, you guys would be like, hey, I already listened to this, Josh. I listened to Dr. Randy Smith for 25 minutes and I watched the Bible Project and I read the text five or six or seven or eight times, 10, 20 times. Like, as you dive into this stuff, it's all right there for you. And we have that resource page online. How many people have been engaging in the resource page online? Okay, take it down, Gus. We never need it again. No, it's right there. We want you. There's not, I'm trying to hide. I've got some super secret thing that like, you don't get to know about, and I get to throw it out and tap dance and be awesome. It's right out here for you to get. I want you to eat it up as much as I want to eat it up. I'm going down this journey, learning as much as I can. I'm proud to share God's word, and I want you guys to dive into it too. The day of the Lord is near. When you hear that in the text, the day of the Lord is near, that means a butt kicking is coming. The Josh Gray version. The day of the Lord is near for all nations. As you have done, it will be done to you measure for measure. Your deeds will be returned upon your heads. How many people would like their deeds returned upon their heads? I would, uh, for counting yesterday, come on over. We can do a bunch of housework. It'd be great. Uh, the day before, not so much. No, measure for measure. Just as you drink on my holy hill, so all nations will drink continually. They will drink and drink as if they, uh, they had never been. It's almost like the ground's going to swallow them up. But on Mount Zion will, but on Mount Zion will be deliverance. It will be holy. It will be set apart. And Jacob will possess his inheritance. Jacob will be a fire and Joseph a flame. Esau will be stubble and they will set him on fire and destroy him. There will be no survivors of Esau. The Lord has spoken. This is super strong language. If you go against God, you lose whether you realize it or not, whether it's happening in your life. Like how many people, if you're bold enough, how many people have gone against God in their life? How many people feel like that was a loss? <laughs> like, ah, okay, you were right, God. Like as simple as it is, if you go against God, you lose. People from the Negev will occupy the mountains of Esau. It is super cool if you like know where the Negev is. 
It is super cool if you know where Sphalai is, where the, where the foothills are. It is super cool where you know, because like, you start breaking this down and looking at all these places and like God says he's going to give them back to them. You're like, interesting. Like, that's interesting today about where those locations are that are said that they will be returned back to God's people. It's almost like those lands are in dispute today. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah, they will, the people uh, from Negev will occupy the mountains of Esau and the people of the foothills will possess the land of the Philistines. They will occupy the fields of Ephraim, uh, Samaria and Benjamin uh, will possess Gilead. Like all of these things, if you put all those together and know where they are on a map, you're like, oh, conflict. Oh, God's promise is still there. Hmm, interesting. This company of Israelite exiles who are in Canaan will possess the land as far as Zarephath. The exiles from Jerusalem who are in Sephardah will possess the towns of the Negev. Deliverers will go up on Mount Zion to, the govern, to govern the mountains of Esau, and the kingdom will be the Lord's. Okay, a couple closing things I want to share with you guys. All nations who oppose God will fall. There's an interesting t-shirt when I went to Israel <laughs> and they sell them at their little thrift shops and you go around there and it's like, and it's, it's there, it's the Israeli pride. It's just kind of cool. But it has all the nations that have tried to oppose Israel that are no more. <laughs> and the list is lengthy as you get on the t-shirt and you look at that and it's like, and they're kind of like, neener, neener, neener. So maybe they're prideful, but they're resting in God's word. God wins. God, what do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? Okay, you want me to know that you win is what I discovered in my great studies this week. That God wins. All right, God, what do you want me to do? Well, I want you to be a part of the plan of winning. I want you to be engaged. I don't want you to just sit back and watch and wonder and be a fan of what I'm doing. I invite you to be an active partner in the rebuilding and the redemption of this world. Okay. Well, what does that look like? Well, it looks like being active on God's side. Active in service, active in love, active in finances, active in not being silent, but not being abrasive. And it's not about saving America. This is about doing what God has called us to do as Christians. I love our country. Everybody, you guys love the country we're in? We don't love everything about it right now, but this is awesome. The freedoms that we have, sometimes we abuse, but the fact that we could talk about God's word openly, that we could actually say something against something in our government and be like not murdered for it right, away, right now at this current time. Like we live in a great place. And we live in a great place because I believe the people that founded this, their intention, their original intention was they wanted to follow Jesus Christ and follow him well. So be on, God wins and be on God's sides are my, my great revelation from the book of Obadiah. He wins, he wins, he wins. You get to choose to be on God's side. Seven people made a decision to start that journey and we have a role and a part in doing that. And I know, I love how it's always grandiose and big and this is some major thing. 
Like, no, like, you have a role with your neighbor. You have a role with your family members. You have a role with your kids. You have a role in the church. We're begging for children volunteers. If we don't have children's volunteers, I'll just bring them all in here. It'd be cool. It'll be great. It'll be great. But we need people to be involved to follow what we're doing with God's will and his purpose here in this church. But God wins. He has invited you to not be on the sidelines, not to cheer for him, not to be like, hey, good job. Not to be a spectator, but to be a participant in his kingdom. Amen? And he's invited you to invite others to be a participant in his kingdom. That's what I got for you with Obadiah. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.